Good evening. So, we left off um, two weeks ago before we had the Thanksgiving break. Now, I will say that part of this, of course, is, as I mentioned many times, is practice. It's not just enough for me to lecture. Now, I did not realize that when I'm lecturing, of course, I'm working on myself as well, obviously, how beneficial this would be to me. I literally did not fathom. But this class pounded in my mind. Why was I thinking about this class? I traveled on a plane with six kids. Now, I, I, I got through security with six kids. That was one miracle. But getting on that plane with six kids, you cannot imagine how much patience you need not to get angry. You, you just, it, it's, 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 it, I, I, and I'll tell you, the, the, the reality was that uh, she's a good friend uh, the, rea- the, the, real- the reality was is having that knowledge um, that I'm not supposed to be upset and how detrimental being upset was very helpful now I don't think I'd ever scream at my kids that loudly on a plane because of Chil Hashem with the hat and jacket I don't get Chil Hashem but getting upset you know, I'm telling you, I can have had many excuses to be upset. You can't imagine. You get the I want to sit here. I want to sit here. I want to sit here. I want my, my seat. My, I want this snack. I want this snack. You know, JetBlue, they have four snacks. Two of the, they're all kosher always. Some of them are chavisol, some are not. Some my kids can have, some they can't have. And who gets more? And who, who gets this? And now going there was one step. Coming back is six and a half hours. It's literally an hour and a half longer coming back from New York than going there. So I had an extra dose of patience and not getting upset. And I'll tell you, it was very helpful. I, I, I literally, people said to me, you know, you guys are so calm and relaxed on the plane. You know, I, you know, at all times, it helped. My kids were pretty well behaved this time. But jokes aside, jokes aside, this was great practice. We discussed last time that the closer we are to people, the more likely it is to get angry and the greater necessity it is of patience. Right? How necessary it is to have, to have patience. As we remember, we said last time, we started about a spouse, that when you get married in life, under the chuppah, you decide to take, if I can use the word, the burden. What is the burden? It means you take the package deal. Right? No matter what, with the pluses come minuses. Everyone has minuses. There's no perfect human being. And as mentioned, people are different. Uh, we discussed last time that, of course, uh, a, a good spouse betters their better half. Right? They make them better. They work on them. They make them better. But when you get married, the core personality of the person is the core. <laughs> You're not going to change the core personality. So if a person is a talkative person and they say silly things, sometimes the things that you would rather not say, you're going to have to accept that under the chuppah. If the person is slow or lazy, now of course you can better that to an extent, but the core, they, that's who they are. You're not gonna, you're not gonna change that. As we mentioned last time, the only person who could change that is that person themselves. And we said that there's one in a thousand people who change their core personality. There are people who do it. But nobody changes their core personality. They, they themselves will change themselves. You're not gonna change a spouse. So what does that mean? When you're married, you have to accept your spouse. And if you accept your spouse for who they are, you'll appreciate them. You know, I I don't know if I ever mentioned this, um, but 
when I was dating, that I remember I once to my, once went to my Rosh Hashiva, going of Zelig Epstein. Zelig Epstein was one of the Gedele Hador, one of the greatest elders, sages of the, Senate, of the generation. Literally, he was a Rosh Hashiva for Rosh Hashivas. Uh, he passed away about five years ago in his late 90s. And I, so I, he, he married me off. I was extraordinarily close to him. Um, it's Rosh Hashiva Shahar with the boys from that yeshiva come here in the summers for, C, for the C program. So I remember I, I, I went to him one time. I said, I was dating a girl. I said, how's it going? So I said to him that I'm not sure. I said, why aren't you sure? This is not my wife, by the way. Uh, it's not the Rebison. So I said, I, I said, I always imagine myself marrying a girl who would cry by licht benching, cry by candlelighting. So I said to myself, I imagine I would marry a girl who would cry. And she's not that type. So, I mean, she was a great girl. She had other milas, whatever. But I, I can't imagine this girl crying by the candles for, my, for the children, whatever. So he says to me, he says, that's your reason. I was, I was in my young 20s, young <laughs> 20s. So he says to me, that's your reason. He says, some girls by nature cry. And some girls, well, well, it doesn't make a difference. They're not, gonna be, they're not the crying type. It's, that's not a reason to marry or not. But imagine the following thing now. Imagine this. He happened to have been 100% right. Imagine the following thing. By the way, my first week of marriage, I saw my wife cry by the candles. I felt really good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that going in. She doesn't do that every week, but I think she had that in my mind the first week. But imagine the following thing. Imagine the following thing. Imagine the following thing. I decided, for whatever crazy reason, and I, when you're young, you think your priorities, and I, I, I came from a good place, but that my wife had to cry by the candles. And let's say I married a fantastic person who doesn't cry by candles, but every week I'm waiting for her to cry by the candles. Right? Would I be living in, 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 in a wrong reality? Of course. So if you marry somebody, and you, th- you know, because crying is, some people are a lot closer to tears. It's just that's their personality. The, and, the, and, the, and there's pluses and minuses with that, by the way. There's not all pluses. There's plenty of minuses. Everything has it. So if you marry somebody, you have to marry them for who they are. Um, and again, you can better things which are not core, but the core personality of the person, a quiet person, and you try to get them to talk, come on, come on, you're not, you know, you're not going to change them. Somebody who's, who, 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 uh, is a nervous personality, okay, and a nervous personality, now, they can change themselves, but you're not going to change them. So you're going to have to accept your nervous spouse. Somebody who's too placid, Right. You're not going to make them. You're not going to make them the energi- energi- uh, uh, energizer bunny. You know, I think the last commercial I may have seen many years ago. The energizer bu- bunny. Uh, that's. By the way, if my kids ever listened to it, I was on a plane and I saw that commercial. Uh, uh, so, uh, so, just in case they ever sneak on and listen. So they're, they're, you're not going to make them the energizer. You're not going to make the energizer bu- bunny, okay? Why not? Because that's not who they are. So very important in marriage. If you don't want to get frustrated, you don't want to get angry. You have to appreciate. And when you get married, you accept the person. You accept the person. Then there are little things in life where you try to better, and you try to and you try to encourage the person to change. But you're not going to be a nag and a nuisance. Um, Abraham Lincoln. Did I mention that? A good old honest Abe. He brought down that he used to stay, he stayed away from his house for weeks because his wife used to nag him. Right? Nobody likes a nag. 
So even if you don't get upset, you don't get angry, nagging is never a good idea. Then we discuss children, and this is what I was thinking about. Children, education, screaming at children is never going to educate them. That's what we discussed last time. Right? Talking, explaining, communicating. When you scream at a kid, you traumatize them at some level. And number two is that you lose credibility. Right? You, when you get angry, upset, whether it's at a spouse, right? even if you're right, you've lost. You've lost because all they see is a, an out-of-control lunatic. Right? You're screaming! And they're, they're all upset. You, you're out of control of yourself. So who cares that you're right? All the, all, all the spouse, the children see is an out-of-control lunatic. So we mentioned that with children, you need so much patience. So much ability not to get angry because you, you, you're not helping them. And I mentioned the story. I, I always think about this. The person who told me that they go back at night and they check the sink is closed. Why do they go back? Did I say this story last week? Right? So why? Because that parent screamed at that kid, how would you leave the sink open the whole night? They left the, the, the knob open. So now 30 years later, this kid is traumatized. Okay? But not only that, why couldn't they just explain to the kid or created some kind of reality for the kid? You know what the, probably the greatest damage they did is that the kid themselves, growing in the house with parents screaming at the kids, they're most probably screaming at their kids. That's how almost all families work. Right? It's multi-generational. We did say that there has to be a reaction, that things you need to communicate. We're not talking about being apathetic. We're not talking about being uh, unaware or uncaring and callous. On the contrary, if you see something doing something wrong, or if it's your children or your spouse, it would be wrong for your spouse to keep it in and not communicate. Okay? If you, let's say any of you ladies have something, you have a need. Right? A real legitimate need. Uh, it could be to go out to dinner once a week. It could be to have cleaning help. It could be you would love to have on a vacation, a new car. Who doesn't want a new car? But let's skip the new car. Um, you know, something that, that you, you, you legitimately need. You, time with your husband. You feel like you're not spending enough time with your husband. Okay? That's a legitimate If you don't express that, it's not fair to your husband and it's not fair to yourself. Right? You have to be able to... But if and what, would, what often happens then is that it comes out in a moment of frustration and you you hold the person accountable for not doing something. So the best thing is to be able to communicate it. Let's say something happens where it was unideal. Still, the way you do is communicating with children as well. The key is communication. So we said you have to be able to communicate. You should not be apathetic. If your kid runs across the street, if your kids are disrespectful, if your kids don't put down the toilet for the little boys, or the girls leave their toys around, you should teach them. Right? This is a responsibility of a parent, which we'll deal with today. But you have to be able to do it Remember, we learned that by Friday nights, by Friday nights, um, that the husband has to say to a wife, did you take off the mice, or did you tie, did you take the challah? And you have to be able to say it calmly. So we mentioned during those 15 minutes to half hour, you should, when you, when you, when you have to say something, and many often you have to doesn't mean just because of circumstances, but it's the right thing to say something. Right? Your kid's spilling the ketchup on the table. Right? Your husband is not saying thank you. You, built, you hear you made him his favorite supper. Of course, you put on your makeup, special for your husband. Came home for dinner. The house looks immaculate. And the guy, your husband, that guy, that ingrate, sits at the table, 
opens the newspaper, eats it, ignores your makeup, well, eats the food, ignores your makeup, ignores the clean house, doesn't say thank you for the food, so it's your half hour. Are you going to stay quiet or half hour? No, you should say something. You should say, listen, Baruch, no has a husband, Baruch Baruch. <laughs> Hello, Baruch, I'm here. No, communicate with Baruch. You know, Baruch is, how's your soup, Baruch? Nice to see you, Baruch. Communicate. Learn not, don't be annoying, but communicate. So, but we don't, we, whenever you're going to communicate, it's going to be gently. Because you remember we said that Ema Yisera, when people are high, highly tense, they'll actually lead people to sin. Right? The, the, the case of and others, you have to communicate, and even at half hour, whenever you need to communicate things which are more, um, whether it's rebuke or uh, corrections or something that's a little bit, in theory, should cause a little bit more tension to be able to do it calmly, coolly, and relaxed. But only Shabbos of the year is a Shabbos. Right? You're getting ready for Shabbos? You, you want to tell your husband, take a shower already, I need to take a shower wherever it may be. How are you going to tell him? Shabbos is coming 15 minutes, hurry up! Or, or, Baruch, Baruch, I'd like to take a shower as well. Can you make a joke? You know, can you make a joke about it? But, but you should tell Baruch to take a shower. He's sitting there dawdling, Shabbos is coming. He needs to know to take the shower. Great. Tell him to take a shower. But how are you going to tell him to take a shower? So this is my point. I was on this plane. I'm telling you the class was in my mind. I had so many opportunities to get upset usually unfairly to my kids because what happens is is there's six kids and then the baby's crying no matter what on the plane especially when the plane takes off you know the pressure so and I can't hold the baby accountable so even though your, your blood pressure starts to rise because the baby's crying and people are looking at you the worst by the way if you ever fly with kids never take a red eye this is good <coughs> practical advice never sit next to the extra space seating because people pay more for those and they think that they're on the plane they have to be like in a library <laughs> if they're not in the library and they're not able to sleep they're going to kill you so you, you, have, you know sometimes you, you have it's in the back it's where all the family said it's very good advice um, so you start on the plane let's, let's say so one kid doesn't know okay, I want this I want this I want this I'm, you know I want this and this one's fighting this one's fighting and you already got to security which means you have to take off your shoes you have to wake up the baby you have to get to security right? and it's non-stop and one kid wants to run up and down the aisles See, this is very fresh in my mind. So, what happens is, is if you get upset at one kid, it's usually because of 15 other things that happened before. So, it's not fair to that kid. So, it's not fair to that kid. The, it, usually, the punishment, the scream, does not fit the crime. And number two, is you lose yourself. It's not the chilol Hashem which you will make, but you get upset. You ever see people get upset? Do they look happy afterwards? Do they feel happy afterwards? So all of these things that we're learning, and the point, if you want to get your point across to your kids, it's the same thing. Hey, Savalana is not getting angry. Besides the, the terrible, terrible, terrible damage that anger does to a person spiritually, the trauma could cause to spouses, children, friends, our own personal happiness. It's just a tremendous investment. You know, and I really sincerely, I, I hope that people are, 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 are taking the time and making the effort because the dividends are eternal. Okay, that's what we did last week, and that was my two weeks ago. Oh, vignette. Yes. I think it's important also to mention that if you do lose it, it's important to take the opportunity to teach people to say, to, I'm sorry. Just 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Right. That's fantastic. Well, that's if you're dealing with children or a spouse. Anyone, actually. Anyone, yeah. Really? yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Next topic. Now, you ladies come here tonight. All, all of us should have a dream in life. What's our dream in life? I, a goal and dream for all of us should be to be a community person. Vos meant to sign an ish tzibori. What does it mean to be a community individual? A person who takes on responsibility. A person who lives beyond themselves. You want to do... If you live for Torah, to spread Torah, mitzvahs, chesed, prayer, good things, that is the greatest impact you can have. I mean, you can affect generations. You'll affect people all around you. Right? The ability to affect people around you, to inspire, to benefit, to help, to encourage. That, that's what it means to be a person of a tzibor. Now, now when you're dealing with community affairs, boards, committees, dinners, chesed groups, hachrasis orachim groups, whatever it may be, we'll say just say, you know, I, I by nature of my role in life, I can tell you I have dealings on intimately on multiple levels. Right? Uh, you have to be very patient and you need to deal with everyone's quirks. <laughs> and, and people are for very grateful and people are very not. So we'll see how you deal with it. Right? And this is reality of public, uh, public service. Right? And public service. Who is the greatest public servant in history? Mm, no. Moshe Rabbeinu. Avram had a small amount of people. Moshe Rabbeinu led three million people. <laughs> One person, he told me, be a rabbi of three million people. Hey, Moses was the greatest public servant ever. I mean, he literally, in the beginning, he didn't even have a Sanhedrin. He had no one. It was just him. He had no Zakanim. Hashem says to both Moshe and Aram, Banai Sarbanim, my children, they're stubborn. Right? They're difficult. Amanas, and therefore, Amanas can't you mekalim aleichem shimekalim eslam. You gotta accept, you wanna be a public servant? You gotta take the role knowing that they're gonna curse you. <laughs> You're gonna get blogged about. Now, it's, he's not justifying the bloggers or the cursors. Right? But you put yourself on the bima, you're up there, you're a good target practice. Right? You're right up there. Hey, hey, you, you go up to the president of the congregation, president of the meeting, you take the responsibility of being Gabai. I always said that Kevin Fagan, I said to him, so Kevin, how many people ever thank you? <laughs> ever thank you for doing what you do? You know what he has to do about Shunayim Kippur? You think he's able to relax the whole Shunayim Kippur? I mean, how many people get upset if you say the name wrong by the Mishaberach? Oh, or you forget one thing. Right? You have very little thanks and lots of grief. That's what it means to be in a public position. Right? Uh, you accept this job so that you're going to get cursed. You're going to get rocks thrown at you. You're going to get rocks thrown at you. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want the job. Uh, in the beginning. That's true. But even so, you know, Hashem is telling me how you have to take the job. Mm-hmm. Right? How you do the job. This is not a question of, of you know, right. So Rashi Akatsal says, Siva Alehem, 
that when Hashem commanded that Moshe and Aaron is Siva Alehem Lahanhigam Benachas for Lisposam to to guide them um, gently doesn't mean to, Moshe and Aaron assist them, but to be maintain their composure and to be able to bear be able to bear a lot of craziness a lot of idiosyncrasies a lot of different strokes for different folks a lot of different strokes for different folks this is the first lesson if you want to be a public figure if you want to be a person who does and by the way we should all want to do that wherever we are in life we should not be satisfied living by ourselves we should be sat- we, our goal should be to affect the world to do the most we can to make the world a better place everyone has different talents everyone has different different koichas but to the extent possible feasible Right, we should say, how am I going to do for the tzibur? I've spoken many Rosh Hashanah, many Shabbos Shuvah about this topic. So I'm not going to go give a drasha now, but that should be our goal. Now, obviously, Judaism has a very strong family-first policy. <laughs> family is always first. So you know, you know, there are people who care about the world, but they don't care about the family. That would be wrong. Right, that would be an incorrect focus. But the the goal would be is to enable, right, or you know, in certain circumstances, you know, you have one spouse enabling another spouse to be able to focus on the world. That's a, that's a team effort, right? That is clearly a team effort. I can tell you, certain Rosh Hashivas, their wives are not in the public limelight at all, not around, um, at all. But they, without that wife, without that Rebetzin, that Rosh Hashiva would not have nearly the ability, capacity um, to do. And others is both. Who, who is Rebetzin Kanyevsky book? Right, you read the book? So you read about Rebetzin Kanievsky, she was an Ashish Sibore, she was a public figure. Right? Her husband, who was also a very big public figure in a different way. Her mother, her mother though, no one ever spoke to her mother, no one ever heard from her mother, her mother who, who raised her, she, all her mother did was make her of the Gadol Hador. <laughs> That's not, well, I mean all, that was her focus. Right? That was her complete focus. Rebbe she her role in life was to make, you know, and part of that, you know how you make your husband the greatest age of the generation? You have to be able to deal with all the people who aren't her husband. My husband's not available now, you have people knocking the door, you have all the kinds of, you know, you know what it is to be in a house like that with people knocking the door, ringing the phone, calling at all times, all day, and screaming at you, you're the wife for not letting him get to your husband. You, you have to be able to deal with all kinds of people. There's still tremendous self-sacrifice to be a public house. I was at a council member's uh, victory party recently, and the police chief I was speaking to her. To this, her name is her name is Lori Smith. I don't know if people know who she is. So she was telling me that uh, uh, that today, you know, if you look at people don't want to be going to public office. You know why? Because the minute they go into public office, they get, their families get under scrutiny. They're under scrutiny. Everything, you know, then the glass house at that point. And there are malicious people in the world of the blogs. So, that was, so you have to be willing to take something in life. Right? Nothing good. And this is the best thing. Ladies, if you want to live your life to the fullest, you want to make the most of your life, think what you can do for the, for the world. The Jewish world, first and foremost. <laughs> right? Don't worry about the whales before you worry about the, the, the tens of thousands of Jews in San Jose who don't know that they're different than a whale. Okay? 
Right, there's a lot to be done. Anyone who, who, who is looking for things to do, please speak to me. I have I have a whole list of things. Right, literally. But we should be thinking, what could I do? Well, we have to know that if we're going to take that responsibility, that gift, and rise to the next level, it's going to come with tests. And the first test is going to be, there'll be a lot of things to get upset about. Um, and therefore, if you want to be a person involved in community functions, you got to be able to be patient, you got to be able to not get angry at it. Um, listen to this. How great you have to be. Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe, you got to be willing to be cursed at. You got to be willing to take rocks. And at the same time, bear it and do it calmly. Can you hear Moshe in a Mesugo you won't be an effective leader. You won't be an effective community person. You won't, can't take the pressure, the heat of the kitchen. You won't be able to cook in the kitchen. It's just not, it's not what it is. Right? And that's a loss. That's a loss. It's not like, oh, it's not for me. If a person would work on themselves, like anyone can do this. This is something we can all acquire. Is that called, uh, this is a, 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 a general principle in any community function whether you are a teacher in a classroom you go in the, you go to a class and we're going to discuss this tonight and, and well, if you're a teacher in a class you know what the teacher class is? you're a community person you're in charge of 20 25 or 30 kids how many kids are in that class? you're a community person a Rosh Hashiva a Rav Bekehila a Rav a Gabai in a Shul Oh, ask on somebody's involved. An uh, 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 ask means like a, a person involved in a board or a committee. All of these people, without savlanus, without patience, without the ability, and even if you're on the board, you know there are people going to, to, to boards. They don't say anything. You know why? They don't get barked at. So you're sitting. On, so are you doing something? Yeah, you're doing something. But maybe you'll be able to do more. Maybe you'll be a little, if you're proactive, you can accomplish more in this world. Maybe if you could push the, the marker a little bit, but you have to be willing to take a little, a little pushback. You have to take a little risk. And you see a problem there, you have to be able to, to deal with it. Mikablan Tamalia Ezamoisad. For example, you accept a kid into a certain institution. Typically, uh, he's talking it for a school, Yeshiva, maybe we have an expert teacher over here. Uh, you take a kid into a, uh, into an institution. Listen, to, this is that. This is, uh, and I'll tell you. My, I remember my shvago, my brother-in-law went to yeshiva. The yeshiva told him, "When you come into my yeshiva, you're my student for life." Which meant that this Rosh yeshiva accepted upon himself whenever he took a student to this yeshiva. Okay, that that student is his for life. Whatever that student needs for for eternity, he's there. Right? That that is the focus for life. Um, so Machana Hamit doesn't mean that the student necessarily went for that, you know, but he was there and the Shiva cared. I mean uh you take a kid in, you, the assumption is is that this is my responsibility. That's how school should be, by the way. I right? take a kid to the school, the school looks the kid is their absolute responsibility. Whether there's a learning disability, there's, there's, there's problems in the, in the home, the kid 
has this kind of disorder, this kind of disorder, this whatever, right? There's sibling rivalry, like the real world is. Right? Every school is going to have plenty of kids with plenty of issues. Right? The school is a real school. It's a Jewish school. It takes the kids. Right? If they accept them, you don't have to take Listen, some schools say we can't handle it. If you can't handle it, that's, a, that's fair. Right? It's fair. But if you take a kid, you take him as a responsibility. Um, says, how awful is you have schools that will kick kids out? Without thinking of that kicking a kid out of a school? That is destroying the kid's life. <laughs> I remember I once heard a Hashem Rosh Hashiva, his name is Repair. Shashiva Yeshiva Farak, he says, you kick a kid out? You're not only kicking him out of school, you're kicking his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna traumatize that kid for eternity. And that will affect all his future generations. So he says, if you take somebody in, you have to take the responsibility. The Yitzchak Blazer, who's one of the great students of Rizal Salanter, says, you don't kick out a kid for any sin, even not for serious sins. If you take a, a public role, it means you have to be merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, rav chesed, much chesed, accept sins, you know, who like? Like Hashem. Hashem <laughs> doesn't, doesn't kick us out. Right? Hashem is bearing with us. Right? So you have to be able to be bearing with other people. Right? You start a, a woman's group. You start uh, uh, things with kids. You do a Sunday program. Whatever it may be. You're going to have a mix of people. And some things are going to be good. Some things are not going to be good. Right? You make a program. Right? There was just a beautiful Malav Malka. There's another one coming. I, I am sure this uh, an Amakam Malav Malka, everyone was great. But imagine in certain places... I only heard good things. So this is just, I'm just using my statement and my imagination. There are 30 people will come and some people are problematic. They make too much noise. They don't listen to the project and whatever. Right? You deal with it. You, you make them a lava malka. You, you know, you have to accept that there are going to be people going to come with, some of them are trying to, to bargain, not to pay. <laughs> you, know, you know, some people are going to come late, leave early. Some people are going to, suppose everyone's supposed to clean up. Everyone's supposed to clean up at the lava malka? You help us. Imagine everyone's supposed to clean up five, fifteen percent are not going to clean up. That's, that's, guess what? When you do a public program, that's always going to happen at some level. Some people will offer to help, some will never help, some people will thank you, some people will fetch, some people will complain. Here you put a lot of time and effort into this. Right? I remember one time, you know, a lot of time and effort. One time I got a speaker coming here that didn't show. Literally didn't show. So actually I did a Q&A to fill in, which actually worked out very nicely. But before, as I'm waiting, like people are sitting there complaining, like me with the speakers and show, like what did I do? <laughs> I just try to help, right? So, you know, is, is is anyone accountable? No, you hold the public person. That's part. Of, I'm not upset. You know, that's part of life. If I go somewhere and the speaker's supposed to come, I'd fetch also. Hopefully, I wouldn't, but that's a natural, a natural, normal reaction. So. Every time you do a public function, every time you make an event, every time you do something, you help someone, you have to be able to say, with the opportunity, there are going to be people who just are unappreciative, or difficult, or, 
you know, people are going to push my button, or people, it's going to be, and that's not a reason not to do it. You want to, we want to be Moshe Rabbeinu. We want to be Sarah Yimenu. We want to be Rivka Rachala, people who do something for eternity. You want to be able to, to be a person. It shouldn't be that, that you allow the, 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 the rocks and the curses that, that, but we have to be patient. We shouldn't be the turgeon. Mrs. Stone's a great example over here. Russians for Monday night. Fantastic! What an unbelievable thing to have a Hanukkah party. What an unbelievable thing. She can say, it's class. class, whatever it is. Class. class. You can have sukkani oats, right? You can have some jelly donuts, I hope. No, latkes. Latkes, okay. Latkes, okay. <laughs> Sunday Hanukkah. Latkes. <laughs> yeah. Now imagine like this. You have seven ladies coming, Russian. And four appreciate three kvetch to you. Three says this is silly. I'm, I'm sure your ladies would be great. But you know what? Let's say that did happen. You, you put yourself out. You did something. You didn't let seven Russian or 17, I'm not sure how many are going, say, they are about Hanukkah. They're not going to be appreciative. I have to sit there and schlep them. Drag them. You know, I, listen, I, I can tell you something. When I was in law school, um, I was a cure of maniac. I mean, literally, you can't even imagine. I was front line with my hand jacket in Penn Law. I got 150 kids at the largest club in the law school. Right? I'm telling you, the people I put up with, you know, I, I'll never forget this. This is, uh, you know, I was tabling. Now, I don't, I'm, I, you know, this I'm not easily deterred at all. <laughs> So I'm sitting there. I I I got official recognition. Jewish Heritage Club. Now it's called Maimonides, and we had broken away from Jalsa, which is Jewish Law Student Society. Jalsa is typical secular ridiculousness. What happens? Jewish Law Student Society was Jewish kids get together to eat pizza and play poker, just like the black law students do that, and the Latino law students do that, and the Asian Americans, and they think that's a Jewish event. I, of course, that doesn't pr- propagate Judaism at all. And you could have done that with anyone. So I, I started a law school. We had real Judaism. We had a weekly email. We had a weekly lunch and learn. We had, you know, things like that. It was a great opportunity. So, and we got credited by the school. Great. So I would, beginning of the year, I would go there and I would table. So you get a table. You have literally 100 and, not 140 40 clubs all lined up in the law school. Now I have Jewish Heritage Club. I'm sitting there looking exactly like I look right now. Okay? I don't know if I wore a tie at that point in my life. But I was exactly the same I look now. And literally, I would have people walking by. I'm stopping them. You know, some kids would stop me and I'd have to talk to them. Let me tell you what, what cynical Ivy League kids talk like. They're not all complimentary. <laughs> They're not all going to say, oh, thank you for asking me about Judaism. Thank you so much. I was waiting to, for somebody to ask me why I haven't done anything Jewish since my bar bat mitzvah. Thank you for asking me. They're not going to do that. So, you know, just for the record, um, usually I, I knew the kids who were Jewish because half of them would stop by me and ask me questions. Some would look Jewish and I would stop them. <laughs> and it's about 50% right because usually they had one of the two parents were Jewish, someone not luckily Jewish. And the, the biggest giveaway the biggest giveaway if someone was Jewish or not is they would look at Jewish Heritage Club and then they would run for their lives. Like, literally, they would, uh, they would look like this and then they would this. They would start picking at these. Now, let me tell you, if a Chinese kid or black kid looks at the they just keep walking. A Jewish kid, when they did that, you knew they were Jewish because they're running from something. So, I, I'll give you one example. One time, a girl looks at my sign 
And she starts running. So wait! <laughs> she says, what? So you're Jewish. I'm married to a guy. It's <laughs> the first thing. I said, but you're Jewish. I eat bacon for breakfast. But you're Jewish. I have nothing to do with Judaism. But you're Jewish. That had me a little bit funny in this case because she, was, she at least had a personality. And she did sign up. Um, she never came to an event, but she read the emails, to my knowledge. So something got some, she got something. But you know what? First of all, I actually sit there and like do this. I'm saying I could have a lot of things I could do with my time. I would have much rather been learning. Trust me, I enjoy learning more. But listen, how can I be in a law school with a hundred something, probably two hundred non-observant Jews in their late twenties, early thirties, dating girls, dating boys? We're going to be lost to Judaism forever. Forever. <laughs> if not now, when? Right? So, but you have to be willing to say, listen, not everyone's going to thank me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I, I, got, I did get some thank yous. I will tell you that from completely religious Jews. But I don't think I got to thank you nearly as much as I got. What are you bothering with this Jewish stuff for? You know, or like, I hate Judaism. Literally, like, you know, you know. So, why should I bother? Why should I bother? What, and we all have this. I'm just using a personal bit. That's because it's easy. Right? You, if you want to be able to do things in this world, you got to be patient. And you can't wait for people to throw roses. The rewards are great. I'm telling you, I did enjoy this. I enjoyed helping Jews. enjoyed seeing the products of people who became observant. Right? But you have to be willing to take the rocks and the stones. Most of them got stones and curses. They got plenty of opportunities to see Jews learning Torah who were not learning Torah before. Jews who edify themselves. That's very rewarding. Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, re, it's a re, tremendously rewarding thing. But with it, you have to be patient, right? And you got to be able to put up with a lot. And the, the, the dividends is that we're, we change ourselves. We change, we're now a keli, a vessel to be able to do wonderful things in this world. Ish tzibori, right? used to be like divine, shekav la'atzma avoyida b'midas you know, work on being patient, not to get angry, not to get irked, not to get upset. Chayama says, "Daitem alavodasam atzmal Islamet v'asavanas." You want to be. This is Sirovsky's in my eyesight. She has people for Shabbos all the time. You want to be a person who has people for Shabbos. Some people bring gifts, some people never gifts. Some people say thank you, some people say thank you. Some people make their bed, some people don't make their bed. Right? Some people, when they come to the meal, they help. Some people don't help. Some people put everything where they found it. Some people do not. Now you got to be patient because you have all kinds of people come into your house. Some people come literally, they, they eat out Friday night, they come talking in the door. I forgot the key. You told them the combination. You told them the combination. You showed them how to do this. They forgot how to do it. Does that ever happen to you? Never. Okay, so the next time someone goes there, I'll tell them to test you out. <laughs> yeah. she, she's working on, on self-wellness. Right? Yeah, you told them. Yeah, you asked and they came late. Right? Sometimes you'll get stood up. You made the food. You made a whole meal. And the person never showed. Literally never showed. That's happened a couple of times in the show. I can tell you vividly it's happened. Right? You cook a whole meal. Right? I, I'm going to give you an example. Somebody, I, literally a guy from L.A. was supposed to come for Shabbos. person cooked a whole meal. Mom is a whole meal. Uh, and prepared, and the person canceled. So the person tells me, they don't want to guess anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. I cooked the whole meal. I said, listen, this is part of life. You know, this is, you want to be able to do good things? Sometimes you have to put up with this. 
Now, if you, you gotta be able to cook meals and not get it eaten sometimes. You think Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was a great Sakhar I guarantee you had many meals were cooked, waiting, never once. Well, I'm sorry, Ish took a goofo. Ish took a goofo. I'm talking, Avram is Sarah, so is Avram. In those days? <laughs> in Be'er Sheva? Oh, he, could, he couldn't. He couldn't. No. You have to be able to, be able to do, to do, to do, to do patiently and, 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 and realize that days it's not going to go the way you like. You know, you have to be able to work on yourself. Certainly, if you're a principal of a school or a rabbi of a shul, this is hourly. I'm going to say it daily. Hourly. You're dealing with this kind of thing. Hourly. <laughs> hourly. Right? But certainly in those kind of situations, you have to be able to figure out how you're going to deal with this. But anyone who's involved in any level in, on, on a public domain, right, you're going to have to be able to... Um, he said, I give an example before about students. But he says, of course this applies to people at work. Right? You have people in the workforce. Now, most people who are not working with Jews who are working, it's my knowledge, although, Skalun has the great opportunity. Literally, to every day to a kid I knew somebody by the way who wanted specifically I asked him why he did this job he worked in a Jewish bookstore why do I work in a Jewish bookstore for Kirov he said I meet all, all kinds of Jews come into the store and he, he, right your place uh, all types yeah you have the reform not observant especially Hanukkah I'm sure people are shunning okay. uh, you could have a tremendous opportunity you know, if I'm sure some people are more appreciative than other people some people wait online some people don't wait online Oh, right? I've heard what my kid has done this story. I can imagine what anyone, you know, right? So the point is, you can you can have a tremendous. Let's say, you know, there are people who could test their patience. Why isn't this meat here? I thought I came all the way from Monterey for the meat, right? Did come, people ever come from Monterey? Yes. There are people. So I came over to Santa Cruz, and there's no more jelly donuts. There's no jelly donuts. I, you said you had jelly donuts. I got the email. It sold out two hours ago, though. Right? So, you have to go up and say, listen, just, let's see what you can do. Will he help you, help you out? You have an opportunity to really bring people close to, to Judaism. I'm telling you that. Anytime you deal with people, things, expectations, it's part and parcel. Um, at work, or, um, or, um, so he says like this good so far until now not now meaning not only today but the past few weeks we have discussed things in the house husbands children Mrs. Sinof is going to have her grandchildren and is your house grandchild proofed? not really okay your carpets do you care if they pour punch on, their car- on your carpets? Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. He just took it off. <laughs> right. But no one thing, with grandchildren, as cute as they are, they can destroy your house. Right? In theory. In theory. So you're going to have an extra... The three now? Yeah. 
but they're still young. Give three years from now, you're going to have this challenge, especially if they stay for two weeks. Right? You should wish it. Tremendous bracha. She would wish. I'm sure you do wish it. But you know what's going to come with it? You have to be patient with it. Cause they're going to spill everything all around the place. They're going to slam the door. They may break things. They definitely will break things. You can tell you that. Uh, good, good, good. Right? You you put your diamond ring down to wash and the lost oil disappear. Right? You you know attachment. But some people will be upset that the diamond ring is missing. So you know. You have to say to yourself, listen, my family, my house, how am I going to deal with it? Now, it's two weeks. It's an experiment. Um, you know, you're getting ready for Pesach. I'll come for Pesach, Bez Hashem. You, you, you washed all of the lettuce. And all of a sudden, you come back. You left to bu- go to Pars Kosher Market to buy some more things for Pesach. And the lettuce is gone. You spent, you spent three hours checking it for bugs. You ask your grandchildren, where's the lettuce? They ate it. <laughs> they made salad. And they ate your, you ate their romaine lettuce. So, what are you gonna do? You're gonna shech them? You're gonna slaughter them? Right? Uh, you make them into murder? Right? You're gonna force rabbits. So, th- I'm not joking. With family, this is all part of parcel of life. I'm not saying this exact story will happen, but something like it will. I guarantee you, over the course of your grandchildren, this will happen. Right? And the, 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 the point is, first by your family, in your friends, in the public, right? To be a public person. These are things which are the daily, the part of daily life. Some pe- some people struggle at work. Some people struggle with the home. Some people struggle if they try to be a public servant. But we're talking about normal, day in, day out things which could get us frustrated, things which could get us angry, things that could, in certain people, get them depressed and as a manifestation of their. Lack of self-awareness, lack of patience, lack of being able to bear. However, what about things which are really problems? Somebody told me recently they had their credit stolen. Imagine the person who stole your credit is a relative of yours. Okay? Someone told me. Imagine the following thing. You're somebody, you asked your husband something really important, really important. Your parents are coming. Okay? You know, everyone, your parents are coming, or his parents, whatever it may be, and he messes up. Not, and, 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 you know, you know, he, he, or, you know, he does, he does something, something really problematic, something really, really upsetting, right? Um, you know, you missed your flight, you were supposed to get to the wedding, you didn't get to the wedding. And it's all because your husband, you told her arrived three hours early, arrived three hours late, and now the flight, you missed the flight. It's your first cousin's wedding, your best friend, since you're six years old. And your whole family is finally meeting together after eight years, and you're really upset, <laughs> right? Or somebody does it really problematic. That's not a normal day in day out re- reaction, right? Somebody really punches you. Um, and, and this is something that even somebody who's normally cool, calm, relaxed, and serene, you know, can really get upset about. So Kate Yachsek. Um, Hamamid. There are things which sometimes even necessitate a strong reaction, right? Your kid does something which is extraordinarily dangerous. Right? You find your kid on the wrong website. Right? It's spiritually dangerous. Okay, right? you must react. Right? You, 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 your, 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 your husband, you know, whatever, it needs a reaction. It needs a strong reaction. Mama oid all ishat sibur. So how? Right? I'm not sure. There are things I have to be strong about. 
absolutely have to be strong about, like really strong, because it can be not only detrimental to individuals, but detrimental to the whole vibrancy of people's spirituality. Right? There are public policy issues which need to be done. Right? I mean, you lower the bar, it's very hard to raise it again. Okay? So, something that could affect, if you're a public person, it could be something of that sort. A father to a child, um, a, a teacher to students, a spouse, all these things we could literally, li- if something goes really punched in the eyes, we can lose all our ideas. Usparets because nor to blow the fuse, right? The, the, the lid comes over off the kettle at that point. I mean, literally, you know, the end. Imagine, I'm sure Mrs. Coleman never this way. She's a whole order coming from Los Angeles. Right? Two days before Rosh Hashanah. Right? And you told everybody. No, I'm just giving you an example. It should never happen to you. You should only have all your orders come on time. And everyone, the line is down the block. Literally for this order. Right? Everyone's waiting. And then they got a call from Los Angeles. Oh, by the way, it's not coming today. It happened. Like that? And she came, they didn't came from the reception. And you had to line out the door? No. Oh, okay. Right. No, but yeah, so, so it's very easy to get upset, right? Yes. Okay, so, right, and, and, you, and here you have to react to that. And imagine now, like, you told people there were orders, people paid, and like, literally, I, I, like, and, and you did nothing, and you are going to, you know, so you want to, you want to get, you want to, I mean, you missed your, your cousin's wedding. You had, you had bought a new dress for this wedding. You bought the tickets. You told your parents, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, everyone's there. I mean, this is, you can't even imagine how upsetting this is. How, you know, you, you, you find somebody doing something so wrong. You see your kid, no one should ever know from this, right? You find your kid did something so, not a, a typical thing, so egregious, right? Now, he says, blowing your lid, screaming your head off, is not going to be the appropriate reaction, period. <laughs> okay? It's, you're not going to get where you need to get with that. Now, you have to be able to react. Okay? But if you sit there screaming your head off, right, even if it's the right thing, okay, you know, I'm Rabbi Shaw, a woman comes, she puts on fill in the shawl, like, I'm going to... I need to react to that. Now, if I scream at this lady, now, I'm, I'm not talking about a, a, a woman who comes from, you know, complete knowledge. I'm talking about a woman wearing a shaitel now, <laughs> okay, who went to Beisak of, of Borough Park. But she got, she read the wrong books. She, she got a little confused in life. Who knows what happened? So I got to react. So she, she, she knows a lot better, right? And now she, she, she put it on Tzfilin with her shaitel. She came in a tank top to put on Tzfilin. Now, like, now like, this is like insanity. I, I gotta say something. If I scream, you! Right? It's not gonna be that but effective. You, you miss the fight. You start screaming at your husband in the airport. This is all your fault! Right? You, you, get, you, you get that call from Los Angeles and literally you're screaming in the phone. How dare you? You know the pressure was with you the line outside. I took orders. I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill your. You would never say this. No. I'm just saying things that I've seen. <laughs> I've seen this in my own life. I've literally seen people. Have you ever seen people blow? Has anyone ever seen someone blow a fuse? If you see someone literally out of control, because something that, now the people get out of control for small things. I'm not talking about small things. Where things are big and they get completely out of control. Like literally, here you had. I've, I've been to weddings 
and something the band doesn't show like something like that like you see the the parents right, they go nuts I mean like completely blow it now survey says is that the right reaction absolutely not like absolutely never is that okay it doesn't make a difference how much of a punch in the eye is screaming your head out head off lowers you gets you nowhere <laughs> right gets you nowhere you're not going to get anywhere I mean you know as opposed to you can be very upset you, you can even hear the upset in the voice but losing completely losing it is not going to be helpful um right now he's not focusing on the stranger right right now we'll talk some of it at a different time but when, let's say it's your spouse your children or the people you've accepted your your students right if you're all your your, your congregants right, if you're uh, a person on a committee or on a board your fellow board people who who just put in 50 hours on a project and just ruined it for no reason right or put effort in right or it's your, your work or your coworkers, people you have a relationship with okay how do you deal with this right says in Volba says let's look at an unbelievable chazal in the seches brachas in tractate brachas Om Rabbi Yechlan says Rabbi Yechlan in the name of Rabbi Yaisi Minayin shakarsh barcha mispal. This is what the Talmud says. Now, this is that Nagarita Gemara and Medrash. Right, so don't take it out of place. Right? So, Minayin, uh, where do you see that God prays? God himself prays? So, where do you see this from? My Matzle. Uh, so, that's what the Gemara says. And then the Gemara says, What does God pray for? Amar of Zushar Bartuvia. You want to hear you know what God's prayer is? You want to know what God's prayer is? Right? So the Gemara says this. God's prayer says, He wrote some of It should be about your will. It should be my will, actually. Sheikh Bashu Rachmi is Kaasi. That my mercy should overcome my anger. Vigolu Rachmai Amidoisai. And the mercy should rule over over my means. They can't slam the famous Shurzadin. I should deal with the Jewish people with famous Shurzadin. Hey, these Jewish people who give me plenty of things to be upset about, I should be able to deal with them above the letter of the law. Tanya. The Gemara that is Amr Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, who was alive in the time of the Second Temple, the destruction of the Second Temple. She says, Pam Achas. I once went, he's a Kohen Gadol. Pam Achas, Nichnas Lahakter, Kotoris, Lefnai, Velefim. I went into the Kodesh Kadashim, which means he was Yom Kippur. Very Achtri Kal, Hashem Tzvakas. He saw. The, the God's presence and he said he saw literally the divine presence on the heavenly throne whatever this means it's obviously not figurative not literal literal it's figurative I go into the Kodesh Kedoshim the Sancti Sanctorum the Holy of Holies on the holiest day of the year it's the only time you're allowed to go in there is Yom Kippur and God says to me bless me Amartilo so Yerav Yishmol ben Elisha says to God Right? That your that your mercy should overcome any anger. You should work with your uh, your children with, with the attribute of uh, mercy. And you should judge them above the letter of the law. And he got nodded at me. And the Talmud then ends off, by the way, you see from here that the bracha of even a smaller person 
shouldn't be light in your eyes. Whenever you get a blessing, God needs a Bishwam and Alisha's blessing. So Tom learns from this, if anyone ever gives you a bracha, that's a great thing. Someone says to you, Mazel Tov, or, you know, God should bless you, say Amen. A wonderful thing. Even if you think they're not that worthy, he's got a blessing. Ta- don't take a blessing light in your eyes. Now, why that's true, I have discussed, um, at least once or twice in the show, different periods, but it's an unbelievable thing that any blessing has a hashpah. Count your blessings. Appreciate when people bless you. But that's not what we're talking about now. Why would God get angry? Because He wants His creatures, He wants His creation to do what they're supposed to do. What you see in this Gemara is that even though God's anger, He's planning to be angry at He's looking at all the destruction, all the things which God created man to do good, and here we're doing so many negative things. That is a legitimate reason to be upset. But it's possible for mercy to overwhelm that. Says of Volbo, that's what the Gemara teaches us. Klal Godol Alein Aladas. This is a cr- tremendous principle that we should know. That we're supposed to imitate God. We're supposed to imitate God. Gam hu yachal esnag beister panim. Ulakana becharan af. We can also get angry at when somebody sins somebody messes up, especially when they mess up against us. I once, I once said to be Israel Miller, who was here a few years ago, he was once standing by a sign on Lakewood, and somebody had taken off a sign on, the, on a bulletin board. Now people take things, you know, they, they exchange the bulletin boards, they want to put their sign, they take one down all the time, these, bulletin, these public bulletin boards. And a guy goes up to the bulletin board, and he's really upset. He says, I can't believe it. The chutzpah, I see someone took down the sign. I can't believe it. Who, who goes in and takes people's signs down? So we saw the Bible said, you know, it's, it's, it happens every day, you know, of course it's the wrong thing, but don't get so upset. He said, but every day is not my sign! <laughs> no, it's your sign, you get upset, you know, you, especially when things happen to you, write, you know, write yourself like your indignation. How could, we have the capacity to be upset at people's foibles and flaws and sins. There's also an internal uh, ability, Lizgalgo al Kaaso, Visharmi Dasov, Kmomapal Mayim Adir, Hayer Mirosha Hamashotif, and Avana Vaitsim Haom de Mutarf. It looks like you have a waterfall going down rocks and woods. We can have a, a level, a stream of mercy and compassion. Koach Rachami Vaava Zehu Yosem Pnimi, Mahakas al Choyser Shlemis Vachet. It's, it's more internal and more lofty, this media of mercy and compassion. When God was angry at, uh, when God was angry at the, uh, at the spies, right? What did, what did, what did he, what did he do? Um, Moshe prays to God. Moshe says to God, "Be greater, right? Let your mercy win." If we overcome our 
popping off our lid, screaming our head off, killing our husband or children or business, whatever, whatever it may be, we've reached a really high level. These are the, this is not the daily thing. We're talking about we get really knocked in the eye over here. Really something that normal people would be in irates about. If a person overcomes the natural inclination to be irate, they've reached a much higher level. Not apathetic. Not, and we're going to deal with it. We're going to speak, we're going to explain, we're going to hold a person, we may even sue them, we may take them to base, and whatever it may be. But not to lose focus. That's already the, the, a much higher level. A person has to know that they have this ability. Right? Um, you have to be able to, under, to, to discern it. Who gets angry? Parents to children. <laughs> Parents kill children sometimes. Mamish kill them. Now again, a parent who does not discipline, educate, talk to their children, refine their children, leave their children, is not a parent. That's not a parent. You're not friends with the children. Parents are parents. Right? We have to educate our children. Right? Obviously with tact, but you have to be able to do it. But you don't scream at children. You don't get angry at them. Right? Right? Teachers to students. Teacher, people who lead congregations congregations. But you, all of these relationships have a common denominator. What's the common denominator? There's an aspect of love. <laughs> There's an innate love. Husbands to wives. Wives to husbands. There's love in the relationship. That's the time you have to love. When you feel yourself getting angry, and we're talking about something that's not in the normal thing. Your husband, right, was supposed to mail out the presents to your mother for her birthday. And he didn't. And your mother is devastated. And she's screaming at you. So you want to kill your husband. Right? I mean, how could he forget? You told him, you reminded him, you were in signs, you emailed him, you texted him. Right? And now he didn't forget it. He lost it on top of it. You, you want to... I mean, it, it, he's, he's guilty. 100% guilty. Right? Your child, you know what he did? Your student, your board person, you gave him the project... Your coworker, but you always you have a relationship with these people. You know what you're supposed to do? You have to feel love at that moment. Um, um, what can happen if you have a free fall of anger at that moment? Right? You can make mistakes that you will regret the rest of your life. Right? I, I can tell you, I've, I've personally dealt with. Relationships that were never the same because the words that were said when people got lost or lost themselves. Parents and children, children and parents, husbands and wives. I've personally had people regurgitate back things that happened 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later that one person said when they were in a fit of anger and it, that scar, it never leaves. That fit of anger, you it's not for the moment. You tell your loved one, your child, that you hate your child, you tell your husband that you hate him, or you wish they're dead, or we're in a divorce, you want, any of these things ever. And people say these things, I know this for a fact, because I've dealt with it. When they're angry, and they never mean it, but they lost, what do you want? I lost control. You damage yourself and them for life. Right? That's how dangerous anger could be, because you lose complete rationality. 
So when you get, there's something really, really, I mean, out of the ordinary, right? Something really damages you, it really messes you up, and you have any love, the love at that point has to be, has to temper any upsetness, um, right? Um, right? Let's say the person's guilty, the person sinned, the person did something bad. If you scream and you curse them and you scream at them and you even hit them, wherever it may be, you may distance them, but you're not going to fix the problem. That is not the way you fix the problem. That you burn bridges. Right? You lose fuses, you burn a bridge. Sometimes you shred it to pieces. There are relationships that are never healed without serious therapy or mediation. <laughs> and very often you don't burn the bridge completely, but you, you damage it for life. Right? That's how damaging losing state and there are people I, I've met people who 95% of the time are calm or they're relatively calm they go with the punches but there's that one time they just could not ha- handle it and they lost focus and the, the consequences are severe sometimes okay so when the person's in this the way you should the person's to think of the love who are you talking to you're talking to your child you're talking to your parents okay you're talking to your parents I, I, I've dealt with, by the way, and, and I think this is, you know, the, I remember a couple times ago we talked about in-laws, in-laws, brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, uh, door-in-laws, son-in-laws, parents-in-law. Um, here you have a case of where one of the in-laws is overly aggressive to the, to the child, and the child's, child's spouse. I, and these are the worst situations because the child gets killed no matter what because the parents are killing the, the, the wife <laughs> so the son's thinking to myself like he's put in t- terrible shape so no matter what he's stuck but he's upset his parents he, he wants, and the parents are wrong right? parents should never be doing this barring whatever but they want to assert their authority or their whatever it may be right? and you, you, if the child rightly could be very upset at the parents you can't forget his parents right? you can't forget to do your parents and so when you want to get really upset, you have, to, you have to remember your love. You have a child. You have a student. Somebody you care about. So whenever a person in a situation, they really want to, get, you have to remember who you're talking, who you're getting angry up. You have to see love. Rachamim. That's how Hashem deals with us. And that's the prayer Hashem deals with us. Who yirchasachayti rakishatashadafkasavavatimshkasyuchalhaadamlitkvuashkulamula. And therefore, the only time you can deal properly with the situation, even in a severe situation, is when you have rachamim. When you remember, this is my child, I love this child. This is my best friend in life, this is my husband. These are my parents! These are my, these are my comrades. I took the rabbi of the synagogue. These are my children at some level. I'm a, I'm a teacher in a school. I, this is the response, I'm a teacher. These are my, the board, the people I work with, the people I deal with. They're good people. They may have different ideas. Right? You have to see the law, Shabbat. You can't forget. And that's the only way you'll come to the proper conclusion. Because when, when something really bad... Because remember, we talked in the beginning, many people can handle lots of easy things. But you missed your cousin's wedding. You had this terrible thing happen. Your, your relative stole your credit. He had your social security card. He had everything going for him. Stole your credit. Right? You have a lot of reasons to go ahead and be... Uh, to be upset, right? that in, in that moment, it's the perfect time where a person has to say to himself, 
know, right now, I gotta be calm, I gotta be cool, I gotta be relaxed, I gotta be, uh, uh, serene. And, and the way you'll do that is by remembering who you're talking to. You have to have that, that love for that person. The day where, where literally something really uh, negative happens, um, so the eights of a duke of Nusahizo, low needs in the Haldish in Zebes Lambdas, Basha is Damas the Putla Kazos, he, Bezra since you can't practice for this. <laughs> right? This is not the, when the wedding, when the band doesn't show, when the, when the, when the, when the food doesn't come, hopefully it's not, it's an exception to the rule. When your husband messes up this wedding which you waited for for months, right? When this thing happens, it's literally coming from left field. It's not, you, We've been talking about things you're gonna, we're gonna be Islam, we're gonna teach ourselves, we're gonna practice about. This is unheard of. You can't prepare for this. So what are you gonna do in the situation where, where you're throwing a real curve ball? Right? You can't practice for this. So what's, how do you do with this? The way you do it is you always think about loving you. I'll tell you the truth. I'll share, I'll share something. Every night, every night before I go to sleep, Right before I go to sleep, I go to my kids' bedrooms and I and I just take a look at them. I appreciate what I have every night. I I think of the love I have to. This. So when the next day, I, I mean, I've even seen this. I do. I, I do. The next day, when they do something, I love them. They're my children, and they're going to do things. Each one of them, in their own cute way, will do something which could get me upset. Now, most days it's normal. There are days where they can really do something. They could. I could have worked on a computer book and they broke the computer. I didn't even save it. Thank God it's never happened. That's it should never happen. <laughs> right? But you know what the difference is if I think if I love them? Right? It's a different... I, I, I love them. You know, it's still there. It's, so the way you create it is by thinking about love. If you're a teacher, all teachers have it. Anyone ever... How many teachers do you have in the room? Two? Three. Okay. So you're a teacher. Every day in teaching, I'm sure you have frustrating kids. Right? If you don't love these kids, you'll never deal with the kids correctly. You just won't deal with them correctly. You know, if you don't love these children, you cannot deal... And that you're not going to create that love necessarily in the morning. You have to create that love throughout. You have to love the people you're dealing with. You go to a committee, you think, wow, you know what people who go to a board or a committee are, even if they're hard to deal with? They're people who give their time. People who give their hearts. I can love them for that. There's something to love there. Okay? If they work with the love at other times, uh, he says, he says a different idea. This is a tremendous idea. And I've heard my Rebbe, Hagoyin of Shmuel Kamenetsky, Shlita, who, uh, was first cousins with Revolba, actually. Shmuel Kamenetsky and Revolba were first cousins. Revolba's married to Shmuel's first cousin. So, really, through marriage. So, Shmuel said this many times. Um, you daven for them. He said, that, Rabbi Shmuel said that every rabbi is daven for his congregants, every rabbi should daven for their students, every Rosh Hashiva daven for his You That's how you create love. Every parent, every day should be davening for their children. Right? Every child should be davening for their parents. Right? You, da- you daven, by davening for people, you create a bond. Right? You create a bond. 
Parents have to daven for their children every day that they should be successful physically and spiritually. Every single day. I, I once said this years ago actually in the show. That the stipler, the stipler, Rabbi Kanyevsky's husband, Rabbi Chaim Kanyevsky, Chaim Kanyevsky today is the biggest bucky, has the most Talmudic knowledge in the world. Certainly in the Ashkenazic world. Revive Yosef in the Sephardic world is comparable. I mean, Chaim is a, a supercomputer. And he, and he was a supercomputer 30, 40 years ago. His father passed away in 1984. In the ni- early 1980s, his father would sit, was still praying for his little Rabchaimka in his 50s. <laughs> Rabchaimka was a gobble. And his father, the stipler, was still praying for his son. He should be so successful. Still worried. Right? A parent dominates their children every single day. They know the best person to down for children, parenthetically, is a parent, because they know the struggles that the kids have. But certainly, it creates a lot of parents who dominate their children every day. Mechanech chayv lispalol al talmidov. A teacher, you see the students struggling, this learning disability, this person, this problem. They're not getting along with their friends. They're having struggling in class. A, a teacher prays for the students. And a rebbe for a chassidim, a rebbe for a shul, whatever it means, you daven for your congregation. Where do you learn this from? Oh, from Makis. Right? The mothers of the Kohanim, girls, would, would give people in the cities a refuge. Make them shoot. They would bribe them, so they shouldn't pray their sons would die. Here, why were they praying for the son that the Quran Gadom should die so they come come free? But the Quran says it's 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 it, they're not they're, they're davening for no reason. But since they have a reason, they want to come free. That's already a reason um, that you could you can go ahead and and, and pray. And therefore, we're back on. Okay. Um, I love this person. I'm not, not angry at all. Uh, so the the point is 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 that that you see from the, the mother Quran that every prayer, right, ha- has to you have to always think to have mercy because here, right, the mothers of the Quran Gadol are still trying to pray for their children to protect their own children even. You know, later in, uh, it, later in life. So, if a person gets used to praying for people, you pray, I, I don't know if you don't have to answer me, but I imagine everyone here should pray for their husband daily. You should pray for your husbands to be successful in their Torah studies, in their spiritual pursuits, in their parnasa, in their health, in their ability to grow. I mean, every wife should pray for the husband daily, and every husband should pray for the wife daily. If you're praying for your husband daily, even when he makes you miss that flight, you love this person, <laughs> right? He does something so egregious, like you could just kill him for doing this, right? You can't imagine the disappointment of all of your relatives that you're not going to be there, and you're disappointed. And it, and it was so predictable and so easy to avoid. And he's guilty, 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 guilty. But he's still the husband that you love, and that you pray for every day, and that you care about, and that you share all of life with. And therefore, you'll be able not to, look, to blow your lid. 
right? Because of the love that you have of the person. And actually not blowing your lid there will allow you, and the love will allow you to make the right reaction as opposed to saying things you will regret, doing things that are irrational, acting in a way which only lowers yourself. Okay, any questions? Just to review, just the two major things we discussed today is number one, um, that we should all strive for, and if we want to make the most, everyone without an exception in this room, we want to make the most of our lives to do things to help be public servants in some way, form, or fashion. There's not one form of public service. There are multiple levels of public service. Everyone has their own role in that. But to be able to do things for other people, whether it's opening your home, whether it's opening your mind, opening your skill sets, putting yourself on, on stage, whether it's in a committee or a board, or doing anything, all of these things, a person has to be willing to accept the rocks and the curses as well. And it's well worth it. But in order to do it successfully, you have to be patient and be able to bear. And number two, and this is for the exception to the rules, the rare cases where things are not the daily frustration, not the daily tribulation, not the daily tribulation, but something really egregious happens. Right? When you're dealing with your children, your parents, your spouses, your good friends, they are people you love. And the way you're successful at those moments, are those moments of great challenge, is by cultivating love towards people. And therefore, in those moments, you'll be able to see clearly with love. Okay, we'll hold here and we'll go next week.